Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Today's episode is a milestone here at Clumsy Theosis. It's our very first listener-requested topic. One of our listeners by the name of John contacted me and said, I don't pray the rosary because there are too many things to keep track of. Between the mysteries, my prayer intention, the prayers I'm saying, and all the steps to reciting the darn thing, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Well, John, there's lots I have to say. I know this problem oh too well. In fact, I used to have the exact same issue. Mm, Maybe issue is a little strong. Frustration, maybe? We'll go with that. Don't get me wrong. I love Mary. She is the best mama bear ever, 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 ever. And I've had a devotion to her as Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal for as long as I can remember, even back through my Catholic in name only days. She's actually responsible for helping me to return to the church. So no matter how strong my devotion to her was, the rosary was never my thing. And I put bunny ears on my thing because the rosary is for everyone. And Right now, I could probably launch into all the benefits of praying the rosary, you know, um, promises given at Fatima and so on, but I'm not going to go into all that. I mean, we have lots of digestible articles on Catholic.com if you're interested in that kind of thing. So let's put the rosary into perspective. What is it? Like in its most basic form, like the most basic sense of it, what's the rosary? It's the gospel on a string. What? Yeah, I said that. It's the gospel on a string. It's so basic, so elementary, but somehow most of us, or at least some of us, miss that. I mean, how do you think religious orders traveled around the world centuries ago and evangelized the masses? Did they bring all kinds of theological tomes and documents, all kinds of Bibles to pass out to everyone? No, they brought the rosary, the gospel on a string. They use this to teach the life and ministry of Jesus to everyone. And so you might think, well, I already know about the life and ministry of Jesus. I already know the gospel, so I don't need to say the rosary in order to learn it. Well, of course, you don't need to say the rosary in order to learn the gospel. The rosary is a means of meditation on the gospel. The Blessed Virgin Mary wants us to grow in intimacy with her son by meditating on his life which is outlined in those mysteries. That said, please stop praying the rosary while you're driving. If you're one of those people, please just stop. And here's why I say that. If you are truly meditating on the mysteries, then you are not paying attention on the road and that can only end badly. Or if you're kind of paying attention, you know, just pushing through the mysteries on your morning commute, getting it done, crossing it off your list, You're missing out on a lot. You're kind of like that guy who eats one stale donut instead of waiting 15 minutes for not one, but two fresh donuts. Come on, don't be that guy. In non-Christian religions, meditation is freeing and emptying the mind to allow the universe to do 
whatever. In Christian religions and Catholicism, it's not emptying the mind, but focusing it, filling it with Jesus. And it's not just the mind, it's the heart and the soul. And meditation can trip up a lot of people. It's a deep topic. In fact, it's a topic that should really get its own episode. So if you're interested in something like that, let me know. But today, we'll stay in context of the rosary. So here's my advice for John's frustrations. First, set aside time. Now, for those of you who pray the rosary regularly, you know that you can speed through this thing in like 15 minutes. All right, and like we've already covered, it's about meditation. Meditation isn't, you know, a speed run through the gospel. It's really sitting with it and letting it penetrate your soul and transform you. So I would say set aside 30 minutes if you're new or even if you're an old hat at this. I mean, technically, if you can't set aside at least a whole 30 minutes, you can break up the rosary throughout your day if you really have to. But if that's you, make it a plan, make it a routine, you know, at this time of the day or doing this activity right after I'm going to say the first mystery. And at this time, after this activity, I'm going to say the second. So this way you can really spend some time with it. My next tip is get some pictures that really speak to you on each mystery. You can use your phone, take screenshots, save the pictures in a folder, Or if you don't want to go that route, you can always get like a rosary booklet or something that will anchor you visually to the mysteries. For me, this is key. One, because I'm a visual person, I think in pictures and in moving diagrams, and that might be kind of weird, I know, but whatevs. And two, I suffer from squirrelitis. If you have ever experienced someone walking in front of your path or catching something in your peripheral vision and all of a sudden... You're totally distracted, you know, and it's like that movie up. It's like squirrel, squirrel, you know, and you totally lost focus of what's going on. Yeah, that's me, especially in prayer. And the smallest distraction can send me down a marathon length rabbit hole. Okay, so if you're new to the rosary like John, I would also suggest getting some directions that include the prayers that you're saying. And this is nothing to be self-conscious about. All of us had to do this at some point. And if you are looking for some resources, you can try the USCCB. Their website has some instructions and some diagrams and also the Ladate app. I don't know if I'm saying that right, Ladate. Um, but anyway, they have a whole section on the rosary. But me personally, I prefer something tangible that I can hold like a booklet or a printout. You know, that way I'm not flipping around through a whole bunch of different things, you know, between the directions and the prayers and the images and all that stuff. So basically all we've really talked about right now is setup, but that's like crazy important. And that's the case when it comes to all prayer, really. As time goes by, your setup is going to seem a lot shorter and you'll be able to just like dive right in. So, all right, we've established that meditating while driving is no bueno. And we've covered setup. So for those of you who are not new to the rosary, that might have seemed like a bit mundane. However, I really challenge you to give it a shot. And then you can thank me later. I know that totally sounds cocky. And that's not how I mean it. I really am just very confident that this will benefit your prayer time, especially when you're saying the rosary. 
Now let's get into the nitty gritty of John's frustrations with regard to like prayer intentions and really what meditation is on the mysteries. John mentioned his prayer intentions. And so for me, I say, state your intentions before the rosary. So the first prayer that you say in the rosary is the Apostles' Creed. And you pray that prayer on the crucifix, you know, at the very bottom of your rosary. So you approach that prayer with intention to lay down your intentions at the foot of that cross. Imagine yourself heavy laden with your intentions. You go to the cross, you lay them down, trusting in Jesus, and you find rest. So when you get to the mysteries, pull out those pictures that you have already selected for your mis- um, for your meditations. Focus on those. Yeah, you're going to be saying 10 Hail Marys, but don't focus on the 10 Hail Marys. Why? Think of it this way. Mary always, always, always points us to Jesus. Sometimes I even imagine her as one of those airport runway attendants, you know, with those little mini lightsabers flagging you down and... Um, flagging down the planes and directing them, you know. But that's how she is with Jesus. She is directing our path. She wants us to have a clear shot to her son, to intimacy with him. And so as you're reciting these Hail Marys, she's there with you, praying for you to grow in relationship with Jesus. And anyone who says that the rosary is worshiping Mary, they really don't know what it is. Moving on. Okay, so... Let's see if I can give some examples of meditating on those mysteries. So like, what does that look like for me? Um, I'll go with the wedding feast at Cana. So first off, I approach every mystery from a place of wonder. And here's what I mean. I will wonder, for example, how did Mary know that this was the moment for Jesus to start his public ministry? Or did she even know? I'll wonder, what did Jesus feel the moment that water turned into choice wine? Was he filled with an immense love for all of us? Or was there some sort of trepidation knowing the hour for his ministry had arrived? Sometimes I'll even sit in awe and wonder of the significance of that moment, changing history. Or I'll even wonder about some of the little things. The icon, my favorite icon for the wedding feast at Cana just has Jesus, Mary, the servants, and the jars in the in the image. And so I will wonder what else is happening in this scene. It's a wedding, right? There's music and dancing. And I wonder, what did Jesus look like when he danced? Um, there's also eating and joking. And I'll wonder, what what did Jesus sound like when he laughed? Like, what did his laugh sound like? What did his face sound like? Did he get smile lines? I know it might seem simple, but really it helps me with that intimacy with our Lord. And wonder engages our imagination. But what we might not realize is that it's also opening us up for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I did a two-parter on the gifts of the Holy Spirit a couple weeks ago. If you haven't, go on and check that out. When we're wondering, we are asking questions to God and he's responding, responding, he's responding, utilizing our imaginations, our knowledge of the faith and so on in order to deepen our intimacy with himself and enlighten us, offering us more insight. See, meditation isn't about you or your efforts 
to keep the thoughts, ideas, and concentration going. Honestly, it all starts with God, with what is called prevenient grace, a grace that precedes, comes before human decision. And you know, some modern theologians will deny this, but they really don't know what they're talking about. It's all there in the early writings of the church. So it's okay to stay on one wonder. It's actually good. It gives you more time, you know, to kind of gnaw on it, to let it penetrate down deep into your heart and your soul. And another thing to note is that in the examples of the things that I have wondered about, they're all from different perspectives. You know, one's from Mary's perspective, from Jesus's perspective, from the servants, or even my own perspective, my own musings. And that's good. That shows how much freedom there is in meditation. It's you and the Lord. And really, you want to kind of let him dictate where your wondering goes. And another practical tidbit is that other thoughts will creep in. And that's cool. Some of them are what I would call earthly cares. And in those cases, just acknowledge them, offer them to the Lord, and just leave them there and keep on trucking. Others may actually be promptings of the Holy Spirit. You know, when he's kind of nudging you saying, hey, I want to share this with you. For me, I typically am unsure if that really is the Holy Spirit or if it's just myself. So I will have like a little mental prayer where I just say, Jesus, keep that safe for me. And he always does. And if it was him and not me, I will know. Mostly because those little gentle nudging elbows turn into these undeniable wax over the head. But there you have it. My tips for how to grow in intimacy with the Lord while praying the rosary. And as you guys can guess, I'm not a proponent of just getting it done when it comes to prayer. And that includes the rosary. I mean, there might be some value in setting a habit, you know, you set a time, you commit to it, you follow through. But once that habit's set, we really got to open ourselves up to advance, to go deeper with the Lord. I mean, we don't want to be checklist Catholics, and the Lord doesn't want that. And our friends, family, the church, and the world does not need us to be checklist Catholics right now. So, I think that this first listener-prompted topic went pretty well. If you want to submit questions or topic suggestions like John did, I got a new email. It's clumsytheosis at catholic.com. Or you can just keep tabs on the show by following at clumsytheosis on Instagram. But whatever you do, you have to subscribe to Clumsy Theosis Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends, and if you use iTunes, write a review. This will help others learn about clumsy theosis and benefit from it the same way that you are. Because you know, clumsy theosis is the place where you can transform the world by transforming yourself. Until next time, you own that rosary. Pray it like a boss. Go on, get it. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.